We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paul with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, and former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. We're here to break down the Rams' 15-6 loss to the Chicago Bears. Um, folks, before we even get with the guys and, and talk about what we saw on the field tonight, which I'm sure Norm has plenty of exclusives for, we do want to mention a couple of things. First, we want to send our condolences out to the family of former Rams linebacker Isaiah Robertson, who passed away this last week in a car accident near Mabank, Texas. He ended the league with Jack Youngblood in 1971 and played with the Rams through 1978. He was a four-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, who proved indispensable at linebacker for the Rams and played a huge role in six of the seven consecutive NFC West titles they earned. We'll talk more about him at some point this week. It's probably not going to be tonight. We want it to be good things, and tonight's going to be more some bad things. So um, we'll, we'll wait on that. Also, want to send our thoughts out to a reader and listener, by the name of Amy B, Amy B20 on Twitter. She's a hardcore Rams fan who's in the hospital, has been there since last Monday. She's very sick and is asking for prayer. So, folks, she's one of our own. If you are the praying type, please send some love her way. Um, it's a really um, important thing to do. Okay, so one last thing, just to get all the maintenance stuff out here. We do want to remind you we are 
found it anywhere. Podcasts from found including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You know, we're there. Okay, don't forget that IE Beat Radio, they air our shows Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. And don't forget our other shows as well, Butting Heads and Rampage Radio. Okay, guys. Now that that's all out there, <laughs> how are you? What are your first thoughts of the game, uh, Michael? I'm going to go to you first. What are your first thoughts? Well, my first thoughts is uh, hopefully this is something in the making. I was, you know, a little disappointed in the overall offensive game plan. Uh, either they had one and the Chicago defense destroyed it, or they thought the normal things that they've been able to do to all the other teams was going to work against uh, the monsters of the midway. And obviously, uh, it didn't work out that way tonight. So. A little disappointed. So I'll be interested to hear what you guys think as well. Norm? Uh, my mama told me when I was young, if I don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. So I'm probably going to be pretty quiet tonight. <laughs> well, and uh, and I guess it's my turn to say something as well before we move on. It, it, it's This is one of those things where we're a, the team is now 11-2, and two, and they've won their division already. And yet, this is going to be a rough podcast. We, we want to avoid the whole you know, the whole whining idea, but there are a lot of things the Rams showed tonight, mostly bad. Some good, by the way, defensively. Some good, by the way. Um, and it's it needs to be talked about because they've been showing some of these flaws in their game at various points throughout the year. Norm, you and I talked about this after the Detroit game. They showed some things that the Bears clearly exploited in this matchup. So I, I just want to somehow, guys, I don't want to be the whiner here. So help me not cross that path, the dark side there, and be turned from the guy who whines about the performance to you know, instead of just the guy who breaks it down. Because, I, man, I feel like jumping off a cliff after watching that tonight. Well, I'm a defensive guy, and I love defensive football. So in that respect, it was a good game to watch. But, you know, the score certainly didn't go the direction I'd hoped it would would go. So, like well, I said, there's not a whole lot of good to say about tonight. Well, let's let's show the fans here what it really was. You got the stats for us? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> here we go. Uh, I'll do individual first, which there's not much. Uh, Jared Goff, 20 for 44, 180 yards and four interceptions. Trubisky, 16 for 30, 110 yards, a touchdown and three interceptions. Todd Gurley, 11 carries for 28 yards. Uh, Howard had 19 carries for 101 for the Bears. Receiving yards, Robert Woods, seven receptions for 61. Robinson for the Bears, five receptions for 42 yards. Team stats, the Rams managed somehow to get 14 first downs, Bears 17. Total plays, Rams ran 61, Bears 66. Total yards, Rams 214, Bears 294. Uh, Passing, Rams 162, Bears 100. Rushing, Rams 52, Bears 194. Penalties, Rams had nine for 57, Bears had six for 45, Rams had four turnovers, Bears had three. Uh, 
Time of possession, Rams had the ball 23 minutes and 11 seconds. The Bears had it 36 minutes and 49 seconds. That's about all we should probably talk about. <laughs> all right, well, with all those numbers on the table, Mike, I'll go with you first. What surprised you the most about this game? Uh, what really surprised me is it didn't seem like they, we, the, the offense has a short passing game. And the running game, they didn't go to, I don't think, early enough. And we talked about this a little bit. And I was thinking about it before I got on. I, I still have to believe Coach McVay has a, a rabbit up his sleeve because there's no way we have a guy that we have in Todd Gurley and he's just not getting the ball. And it, it got obvious, you know, once you get behind and you're trying to throw, yeah, you're probably not going to run. But I thought they would have come out the second half and pound the ball a little bit more. And there was times when they they did a little and some good things happened, but it seemed like as soon as he got maybe a no-yard gain or a one-yard gain, it was right back to the passing thing. But we just don't seem like we have a, a short passing game, which I mean is like, you know, three-step drop, get it out quick, hit a guy real quick. You know, things are immediate to long, which against a pass rush or, you know, specifically a Khalil Mack, you got to get the ball out of there. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what change-ups happen down the road. Norm? Well, to reiterate on that a little bit more, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually agree with Chris Collinsworth on what he said. And that is when you have a back like Todd Gurley and you don't use him, why even bother with the play action? Because they're not going to bite on it because they haven't, they haven't done enough to make them bite on it. And that was truly the case tonight. And our offensive line obviously did not communicate well with each other either that or they're just a whole lot worse than we thought they were um but it looked to me like they weren't communicating very well golf certainly wasn't on his game everybody looked like they were off tonight it was like there was an invisible force field around the end zone and the goal post tonight so uh i i don't know i think they came in a little overconfident thinking that they could do that to, you know do their offense to anybody and the bears basically shoved it down their throats I look at this too along the lines of what the Bears did was really out of the playbook of what we saw the Lions doing last week and, and we've seen other teams try throughout the year to do and it drives me nuts I, Mike I, I guess I'm going to bounce to what you said believing that McVeigh has a rabbit in his hat. Well, he didn't have one the night. That's the reality. He didn't have one the night. And they didn't know what to do. There was the, They adjusted a little bit when they got to the fourth quarter, but the stats show it. Gurley had 11 carries. Jared Goff threw the ball 44 times. It was only a 15-6 game. This was a game midway through the fourth quarter. And so the... We've praised this team in the past for being so willing and ready to adjust, but they didn't adjust today. 
they didn't adjust at all. They just dug in and kept doing what they tried to do. And insanity to me, insanity is the definition. It's you know doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. That's what we saw tonight. They just kept doing the same thing over and over again, looking for a different result. And Mike, I agree with you. The short game that blew me away. That you can't. How do you stop a blitz? You gotta get it out faster. It's that bothered me a lot. I'm not gonna lie. You know what I, I you know what I mean by a rabbit, you know, up his sleeve under his hat. I mean down the road. Typically, uh, in the league, when you're gonna play a, a opponent, your next opponent usually gets the last three or four games that you've played. So in my mind, just watching the game, because it was just obvious adjustments that weren't ever made. You know, like I said, you know, the obvious adjustment is when we come out in the third quarter, we're going to establish the running game, period. They didn't do that. They didn't throw underneath. Guys are just running. You know, we, we you know, Chris Collinsworth pointed out when you have a zone defense, you got to sit down in the zone. When you're in man, you run away from a guy with crossers. Well, we're running crossers in the zone, and we say you're running to be covered. And so you see a lot of times, even when uh, Jarrett was throwing the ball, he was throwing in the coverage a lot of times. So, therefore, that's where you get the four turnovers. And then there were other times where, you know, I was like, okay, Jarrett, who are you throwing it to? That, that guy is well covered. So when I say a rabbit, you know, I, it, it almost seems like he's kind of setting things up obviously not wanting to lose too many games, but it just seems like he's setting something up for the playoffs, I hope. That's conspiracy theory stuff right there, man. (laughs) 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 And I'm going to counter that. I'm going to say I'd like to think that way. I really would, but now the Saints have home field. If both teams went out, the Saints have it. And you yes, know what? Philadelphia is coming hungry next week. Their playoff lives are on the line, and this team has not looked good the last two games out. So I would like to go along with what you're saying, totally agree with you, but it's the same mistakes. And I, these guys are missing assignments they haven't missed all year. Offensive line assignments. And I, I saw numerous comments. I was running social media Numerous comments of guys saying, this offensive line looks old. And, well, we do have some older guys. Norm, does that have anything to do with it? Oh, I I think maybe a little, but it was more, you know, not communicating, not, you know, I mean, there were several guys that came through unblocked where they shouldn't have been unblocked. You know, the one thing that you mentioned earlier, though, that you said there were some positive things on the defense. Well, the fact that we had some interceptions and we only gave up 15 points is about the only positive on the defense that I saw. Because when you got three or four guys blocking one guy, Aaron Donald, where the hell's Sue? Where's Brockers? Where's all those guys out on the line giving Trubisky fits like Goff was getting all night? You know, we're paying a lot of money for these guys, and it's not happening. And then you've got a guy who was totally absent in the game and Mark Barron. Mark Barron might as well not even been on the field tonight. I watched him several times. I rewound it and watched him. He, he's he got to go next year, in my opinion. And Littleton, you know, Littleton's been a, 
a good guy to bring in to fill in, but he's not, in my opinion, after watching this game and you know a little bit of film from the previous games, he, I don't think he's really a starter caliber. I think he's a good fill-in guy, but I don't think he's a starter. So you you look at the middle linebackers that the Bears have and the Cowboys have and those guys, those guys are massive playmakers. And Barron, you never heard his name called one time all night. And so I think they exploited that weakness there. Our pass rush is non-existent except for Fowler and for uh, Aaron Donald. And when Aaron Donald's getting you know, double and triple teamed, we got nothing. You got a guy like Sue that you're paying what, 14, 15 million a year? 14 mil. Yeah. And and what did he do tonight? He stopped the run sometimes, but I mean, I was really disappointed in our defensive performance. Yeah, I expected him to take Donald out of the game, but that means the other guy's got to step up and our middle linebackers were pretty much non-existent tonight. So, I think that the Bears exposed a lot of weaknesses tonight, not only in our offense, but in our defense and you know, I was really confident about this team, but uh, I got to tell you, after watching the last couple games, I don't. Uh, we might be one and done in the playoffs if we don't figure this out quick. Mike, yeah, I, I you know I agree a lot with Norma saying, uh, but also I think you got to look at you know we're a team that's built for speed, and the good thing about sports across the board, no matter what sport it is, it comes down to matchups. Us and the Saints, even though the Saints, you know, trying to play them at home, we actually match up better against them, you know, speed for speed. If you look at us tonight, again, you're playing in, you know, Chicago. You you got the ghost of Papa Hallis there in, in the whole Chicago Bear mania defense, and they take pride in that. And when you're playing in a cold, colder, frigid, you know, I mean, you look at Brandon Cooks, he looked like he had average speed tonight. You got safeties squatting on routes. You know, he's not really running away from anyone, you know, and that's an adjustment to me uh, looking at it is weather plays a part in the things. You got a, a warm weather team going to cold weather, and it just looked like we were playing at a different tempo than we usually play at. And I think that's what led to, you know, golf a lot of those sacks because it just like, why is he holding the ball so long? He's not even throwing it away. But on a faster turf, you know, those guys are able to get open. Uh, and my, and one point about Barron, you know, he's a converted strong safety. And so I would say he's still learning to play the linebacker position uh, for one. But, yeah, when you compare him with those other guys that we saw tonight, Dallas guys, it, it's it's a big difference. Well, look at though, just kind of going back to what you're saying. I think I saw the graphic, uh, just like kind of flash in front of me on, on the screen there. I think Mark Barron's ranked 84th out of 85 by Pro Football huh. Focus at the middle linebacker position. Yep. I think okay, and and we're he's getting he was getting hard hit hard on social media because he disappears in games. I don't know about Corey Littleton. I think Corey Littleton, he's he's had his good his good games and his bad games. But what actually what I'm talking about for the, for the defense is the secondary, surprisingly, was very good tonight. Well, they were very good only because Trubisky overthrew his receivers. Fair enough. They're, I mean, that's fair enough. But they were still where they, need to, where they needed to be to make plays. They tackled better. 
for three quarters of the game, by they got to the fourth quarter, they were tired. It was clear they were they were worn out. But yeah, I, I don't have any complaints about second. I, I don't. I felt like they were more stable than they had been in a while. But then countering back to what you were saying, Michael, talking about speed, I would normally buy that. But we were there last week in, at the Detroit game, and the Rams spent a lot of that game looking slow. They really did. Am I, am I wrong, Norm? Am I, am I imagining things? No, that's on turf, and I mean, uh, they they, did. they didn't they didn't look much better than they did tonight. They were just uh, they made more plays and were a little more fluid in some areas, but they really didn't look like the Rams that we've been watching either. I'm I, that's why I said back to back weeks they've looked really bad, and I'm really concerned. This is not the time of the year to be trending down. It's the time of the year to be trending up, and uh, we're not. Well, you know, uh, a lot of this game is played with, you know, confidence. And so, as you're saying, Norm, you get towards the end of the year, you know, you say, oh, well, we've, you know, maybe mentally some of the guys have said, oh, well, you know, we're, we're in the playoffs. So, you know, it doesn't matter at this point to a degree. You know, my thing is you would – if you got an opportunity to get home field advantage, that should be your goal, your next goal. Uh, but, you know, you got – what what, three three games left, four games left? Uh, still a lot of football to play, and uh, absolutely you, you don't want to go out and kind of stink up the joint, kind of what we saw today, but it kind of was like that across the NFL. Yeah, that, I noticed that too. I agree. Although it was really nice to see the Patriots lose, I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, with that more happy note, let's go ahead and t- and I talk about our sponsor, Jim Hawk, and his book, Hollywood's Team. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form on Amazon on Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hollywood's Team through various other booksellers on the net. Everyone... I've read this book cover to cover. So as Norm and Johnny, it's well worth every penny for all Rams fans out there. But it's also a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's Teen Grit Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. Okay, guys. A couple questions for you now. We, we've talked about the things that went wrong. So what next? The Rams have three games left. They still have a shot at home field advantage. What do they need to fix? Lorm, I'll go with you first. They got to stop the run. And they got to, like Mike said, they got to develop a short passing game. They got to, they got to do some three step, three step drops release, you know, 2.7, 2.8 seconds. They got to have some of those plays and they haven't had them. So, you know, they got to get, they got to get that run game on defense under control. They got to learn how to stop that run somehow. And, and I don't know how that is. Maybe they need to. Maybe they need to look at bringing in some bigger guys that we have in, you know, sitting on the sidelines right now. Uh, I mean, I, I just 
I don't think it's a loss because I, I really don't think Barron's done much of anything. You know, Littleton, I like his speed, but you know, there's he's still he's still young at the position and he's still making a lot of mistakes. But uh, they got to figure out how to stop the run and they got to figure out a short passing game. Mike. Yeah, I, I think, you know, defensively, from what I can tell, it looks like the, the D-line does a lot of stunts, meaning a lot of twists. You know, what happens in those, if you're not really catching the offensive line off off guard, well, they can pick the twist up and you guys get kind of, you know, look like the bumper cars and you, you kind of get stuck here and there. And so it, it seems like they need to just maybe get up in a gap and go. Uh, and I think that would help the backers a little bit because it's like linemen a lot of times are they're getting our guys kind of bung, bungled up, and then they get down to the second level and they get on a linebacker, and, you know, that's where, where it's happening. Yeah, definitely got to shore, shore up the, the, run, the run defense a little bit more, uh, and I just think you got to be consistent, and you kind of got to go with what kind of gets you there. I mean, if – Getting a ball, you know, statistically showing, you know, girly 25, 30 carries and, you know, that averages wins and, and what have you. You got to kind of go and, and you know, sometimes you got to say this is what we're doing and you guys got to stop us. So I, I think they got to get their swagger back a little bit uh, at this point. Just be a little more consistent and, you know, stop the turnovers. Norm, real quick. uh it seemed like was Johnny Hecker punting a lot more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's only been punting like two times a game at the most. And I think he punted four or five times tonight. Well, he didn't have to punt as much really because golf was throwing interception. So. Right. Yeah. They were going for a lot on four. So yeah, I, you know, I, I just, you know, this stretch run is going to tell uh, a lot down the road and, you know, this is also a time where, you know, Coach McVay, now second year, you know, other teams are getting some tape on him and tendencies, if you will. Uh, so now he's into I'm in real coach mode now. You know, it's, it's just kind of like any young young kid or young rookie that comes in and does real well initially because there's not a lot of film. So I think, you know, that's playing a little bit of a role as well because uh, it just seemed like the, the Bears defense had our number all night. Well, I look at this game, too, and think, here's the problem. See, the, by the Rams doing what they did, they put themselves in position to play the Bears now in the second round. If everything right. stays pat, the, the Rams will play the Bears in the divisional playoff game if the Bears win their wild card game. They'll, they'll host the Bears, but they will play the Bears again. And I don't think this is a team you want to play again right now. That defense does not match up with match up well with what the Rams want to do, and I think we knew that. I think a certain one of us, um, Norm, you remember who that guy was who called for the yeah. Rams to lose this game. Well, I was hoping why I was we wrong. lost. That's I was, why we lost. I was like, hoping. I was hoping <laughs> I was wrong. I really was. Just just like the whole cornerback thing when you said we're deep and then our cornerbacks get hurt. I think you're the problem. <laughs> uh oh, we're so superstitious, <laughs> man. So, but, Mike, to answer your question, that Hecker only punted three times because Goff kind of punted four times. So, <laughs> true, true. Very short punts, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and just a little side note too, since you like to pick on me as a Debbie Downer, uh, one of our followers on Twitter just twist, uh, just uh, 
tweeted us and said, um, I kid you not, she actually wrote this. I'm on full Derek C. Apollo mode right now. My wife just called me a Debbie Downer. (laughs) I wrote back and said, you make me sad. (laughs) To To quote Monty Python. The thing is, is I actually don't feel as negative about this than maybe even you do. And I think the reason is is because this team's still 11 and 2 and there it's very rare that a team doesn't have some ups and downs throughout a season. Every well, challenge a- every well let me finish. Every challenge the Rams have had throughout the season, they've stood up to until now. Until now, at least in this game. Now, like, I want to see what they do to fix the problems. I really want to see how they're going to react to this. Because a lot of times, those losses make you a better team. Mike, you mentioned the Bears, right? The 85 Bears lose that game on Monday night to the Dolphins. Shocks everybody. But they were even more dominant the rest of the year, were they not? Right. I mean, unfortunately, they, they got the Rams. You guys, they got you guys. In the NFC Championship game, and I just look at that and go, "You can get better from this." I really believe that. I have to believe that because we've been pointing this way all year. Well, one of my closest friends and someone I consider a brother, who happens to be a Cowboys fan, which is tough to swallow, sent me a text tonight, kind of razzing me about the Rams because you know, obviously, the Cowboys won today. And I said, you know, that's all right. You can you can raz me for one night. We'll see who goes further in the playoffs. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> his comment back was, we already have a winning season. I'm good. And I don't want to have that, well, we're 11-2, and two, so I'm happy. We were 11-1 and one before this game. 11-2 and two makes me not happy. <laughs> Uh, we're we're looking for this team to make it all the way to the Super Bowl and hopefully win it. And today's team is not a Super Bowl team that we saw. So they've got a lot to figure out and a lot to change between now and the playoffs before I think they have any chance at winning it. So they've got some adjustments they're going to have to make. Now, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. It is what it is. The Rams scored six points tonight. I mean... You know, we're averaging over 30 points a game, and we scored six points tonight. That kind of says the whole story right there. So I'm hoping that this is a wake-up call for them, and that they, they look at this and go, you know, we got a lot to work on. We're not as good as we thought we were, and we need to really figure some stuff out here. Mike? Yeah, I, I, I think that they uh, definitely are going to have some things to look at but when I put everything into, you know, totality, you look at defensively, you know, they said it tonight, you know, uh, Coach Phillips found out what Peters can do well, and that's really just play off in space and be able to look back. Uh, I think with uh, Khalid, Khalid being back, he's not back. You know, he's still going to need another number of games to actually get him playing shape. You know, you're talking about cutting on a surgically repaired ankle, uh, take some time, but you know, he's out there getting the reps in. And again, hopefully, as you're saying, Norm, by the time they hit playoff mode, they're back up. 
uh, obviously, I think we all could agree that, that Cooper Cuff, even though maybe he wasn't the quote-unquote number one guy, with him not being there, absolutely, you can see a big difference. You know, the guy that's kind of in for him, you know, he bobbles the ball, can't get his feet in. You know, he has a first down. Instead of turning up field and getting the first, he decides, well, I'm going to run across and get tackled. Didn't make sense. Uh, but that's a young guy kind of mistake. So hopefully, you know, and with the offensive line, I know there's been some injuries here and there, but being an old offensive lineman from high school, we used to love to run the ball. You know where you're going, you're going to pound it, get downhill, let's go. Uh, And I think that would give them an advantage now when they actually do legitimately try to do the play action pass. So definitely agree with Norm. There's some things absolutely shore up uh, in the next couple weeks. But I'm somewhat happy in the sense because I would rather them start getting all these kinks and things out now as opposed to ending up 15-1 and and get bounced still after one playoff game. So uh, I I think all of these things will be for the betterment. uh, But it's the way you lose. Tonight was definitely not a game that, they, they probably won't even watch the tape. They'll probably just say, hey, guys, we're going to move on, look to next week, and uh, we're not even going to watch this tape because there's not a whole lot that you can pull out of it that's going to be positive. But just just to kind of dig into your brain about that a little bit, isn't that kind of what they need right now to be to look at that and go, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Well, I can't believe we did that. I mean, don't you want to look at that and go, I can't believe we botched up the the blocking scheme. I can't believe we missed those assignments. I can't believe we pulled off on that route. We got to fix this now. Don't you want to say those things when you, when you are that bad that, that you completely undercut everything you've done offensively all year? Well, what they'll do probably, you know, usually you watch it uh, offensive, offensively, you watch it as a team. Defensively, you watch it as a team. They probably won't do that. They'll definitely watch it in their individual meetings. Sure enough, you know, they need to shore up individually. Hey, we got to fix these blocking schemes, things like that. But uh, the tendency is, hey, let's kind of let this one go. Let's keep the environment in a positive mindset. We'll make the individual changes in the individual meetings as opposed to in the team meetings. Uh, That would be my assumption Uh, because you just want to, because you just want to be just getting in the guys. And now, because you got to remember, these guys, yeah, they're highly paid, but they're still individuals like me and you, you know. They have, uh, there's certain ways you just got to get a guy to be motivated. Most guys know when they play bad, uh, they just want to get out there and improve. And so usually you can do that on the practice field. But I, I, my assumption is they, they may not even watch it as a team. One more question, for I guess, for both of you, and I'll, I'll go to Norm first. The Rams run out of the same run the same formation ninety seven percent of the time. Yep. Now, is it possible that defenses are catching up to that now, and the Rams have to adjust? Norm, I don't think so. Uh, I just don't. I, I really don't think that matters. I, I think what matters more is that they weren't establishing the run. You know, like I said, when you're when you're trying to use play action in a play, and they they don't have to believe the play action, you might as well 
just stand back and shotgun. So I, I think I think McVeigh learned a little bit of a lesson tonight about his play calling and about how he needs to do things a little bit differently. Uh, you know, Gurley only carrying eleven times. Obviously, in the second half, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, you know that changed the whole dynamic because we were behind. But I think we were behind because we weren't running the football enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to one thing that Mike said earlier though, and that is you know the Texans were on a nine game winning streak. They just lost to the Colts today, which isn't a team that you would expect to do that. The Cleveland Browns have got five wins now. They beat Carolina today. You know the Giants put up forty on the Redskins defense. Uh, Miami with the you know with the the trick play yes. at the end. Yeah. Baltimore blew it. Had KC on the rope, should have beat him today. So, I mean, it was one of those days where, you know, everybody kind of had a bad day that was expected to be good. So they got to chalk it up and they've got to learn from it. And if they can learn from this, then it's worth it. But if they don't learn from it and they continue to come out and, and do like you say, keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, we're not going to go very far. But if they can go out and make those adjustments, you know, learn how to do better with their gap integrity, I'd almost rather they just straight rush their passer and don't do any, you know, any twists, as Mike said, or any stunts. Just play straight gap integrity, let the linebackers do their thing. I'd almost rather they did that and give up sacks and just put regular pressure on rather than letting them gash us for 10, 15, 20 yards a run. So there's a lot of things that we need to fix, but if they can pull something positive out of this, that'd be great. They, this is the time where you've got to start trending up, and you know maybe this will be that wake-up call. Norm, real quick, what about what time was it in the fourth when uh, our field goal hit the upright? It was about 6.50 left or something like that, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, somewhere in there. No, I think well, it was – yeah, there was right around seven minutes left. Yeah, so – if he makes that field goal, now it was uh, it would have been, what, a six-point game at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then that changes it because we got the ball back twice, and then we turned it right back over. But right. if he makes that field goal, now it's a different ball game as opposed to now being down nine, I think it was still, and now we're trying to play catch up and, and, and I, you know, I think golf just really forced some of them throws because, you know, guys were just literally blanketed covered. So, but I think if you make that field goal, now the ball game's a little different. You know, maybe they try something. We obviously got some turnovers down the stretch. Uh, so I think it's all those things that if one thing goes right over here, it may change something over there. Uh because with the score being so low scoring, you, you would think that, you know, we'd at least, you know, got over the 21 point mark, but yeah, we didn't. I kind of look at what you're saying as well as if they get that field goal for as bad as they were in this game against a very good football yeah. team, they still had a shot. And that's, what's frustrating to me. They still had a shot. They still did, and I think my laundry alarm just went off. Can you guys hear that? No. This is what happens no. on my podcast, man. Weird things just go off, and they – okay, anyways. 
Well, and that that interception that we had late in the fourth quarter, and then Goff turns around on the next play and throws an interception back. You know, those are the right. those are the things that kill you in a game. It kills the momentum. It's hard to get a rhythm. I mean, all those things came into play. Everything that could go wrong tonight went wrong tonight. What did you guys think of of when you know we were throwing out the end zone and got the sack when we were kind of being under heavy pressure? What did you guys feel about that? I I couldn't figure out why we didn't you know quick quick screen or or just run it. I don't I I couldn't figure out why we're trying to throw like a deep pass out the end zone at that point in time. Well, I think you you were right when when you say I don't think we have much of a short game, and I think that's part of the problem. You know, I would have much rather just get handed to the girly and let him run up the middle and get a couple yards. But you know, when you come out in the second half, and you know the game's pretty much tied at that point, and you get the ball first, and you lose, you know, you get a penalty, and then you lose three yards on a run, and then you take a safety. That kind of screws up all the momentum right there. So right, there's right there's there. lots of things that really. You know, like I said, when things didn't go the Rams' way tonight, they definitely didn't go the Rams' way tonight. And they, they've got to, you know, they got they took one on the chin, you know, take it, learn from it, and improve. That's all we can hope for. And that's what I want to see. I, I want to see them improve. That's, I, I, again, I know you kind of poked at me a little bit when I said, hey, they're 11-2. and two. I'm not saying, hey, just be happy they're 11-2. I'm saying it could be a lot worse. This could be a, a 2007, 2008, 2009 Rams team. Well, it kind of felt like that tonight. It did, yeah, it did. <laughs> but they're not. And they're still in the playoffs. And so you, you look at that and go, okay, you still have a great shot to get where you want to go. Fix the problem. You can fix the problem. The only question I have this late in the season, with all of your habits and all your routines, can you fix the problem? I guess that's my last real question to you guys before we get to the sponsor. Can they fix that problem, Mike? Yeah, I, I think, you know, anything's fixable. Uh, but everything now down the stretch goes to mindset at this point in time. You know, wh- what are guys really thinking? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? You know, are guys starting to look at, oh, man, I can get some incentives? You know, I don't know. Uh, but definitely fixable. I, I, I think I'm going to lean with, with what sounds to be Norm's concern is if you have a high-powered offense, you have to be able to score more than a few points that we scored tonight. And I think that's kind of the concern, like, okay, wait a minute. We're supposed to have a pretty high-powered offense, and this is all we can do out of all the knowledge we have on the sideline, that that I think I, I'm going to agree with Norm. That can be a little discouraging when you look at it from the reality of what the numbers are saying. But shouldn't we also look at this game and go, you know what, let's be honest, that Bears defense looked great tonight. Don't they deserve credit for what they did too? Well, yeah, the Bears defense played really well tonight, and props to them for it. And we both talked about, you know, in our pregame podcast and our podcast with the Bears brothers, you know, we both had a lot of respect for the Bears defense and thought they would do really well. Did I think they'd hold the Rams to six points? You know, part of that credit goes to the Bears, but part of that credit goes to Sean McVay and our offensive line and Jared Goff and, 
you know, we no nobody played up to snuff tonight on the offense, including the coach. And uh, the Bears did a good job of of wreaking havoc on us. So, can it be fixed? Sure, you can fix anything. It's all schemes and attitudes and things like that. You know, take the offensive lineman, line them up against the wall, and beat them with a two by four for a little bit. They'll be all right. I think that might be a slight, at the very least, a misdemeanor. Possibly a felony. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to point that out. Okay, folks, we're almost done. We do want to talk about a couple more things. A couple little things that bothered me, not about the actual game. I want to just run past you guys. Hopefully hopefully we can laugh at it. That's what I'm hoping for. But some of the Gold Ram Barbershop. Here we go. Now it's time to give a shout-out to our longtime sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like that old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day that they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's it's like a shrine to the Rams, like a Hall of Fame to the Rams in a barbershop. But it, Sal also provides that really nice old-school barbershop experience, talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me, Derek, and Johnny look good and appear, well, somewhat normal. So a couple things here. Just a couple things. What did you guys think of the broadcast tonight? This is the, the second time I think the Rams have been on. Is it the second time or first time for Sunday, for Sunday Night Football? Well, did you not like them or something? There were a couple of things they said that really just bothered me. It really bothered me. And well, with I, the way the Rams played tonight, I don't think they could have said anything too wrong. But I thought they were really accurate on a lot of things, to be honest. Well, let me just point out what bothered me, okay? One, calling the team a thin team. And my argument with that is, he actually made a question the depth of the roster. I'm going, there are several teams out there who would like to have the Rams' depth at receiver and running back. John Kelly and Justin Davis are both quality guys. The receiver. Josh Reynolds, until tonight, has been pretty good for this team. So our yeah. tight ends are doing better. So I'm kind of wondering, you're going to question this team's depth. Do you do your homework at all? Well, there were only two offensive linemen on the active roster tonight that were subs. And I think that's one of the main points they were making is that, you know, if if Sullivan would have went down and stayed down and if uh, uh, Saffold would have stayed down, we'd have had our two backups in with no more depth. And I that's, think that's fair. Of, I, think that's, fair. I think that was their main point and the fact that Malcolm Brown, you know, is out. I, I don't know that they know – our rosters top to bottom. There's, you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. They do some homework, but 
you know, I, I think they were fairly accurate on their statement. And I, I'm, well, I'm calling this when they say by name running backs and receivers and talking about the roster and how it's top heavy. I don't agree. There are, there are a lot of players in this roster. Now you can question to me whether or not they're living up to their potential, but there are, there's a ton of talent in this roster and to call it thin is ignorant of where they've been all year. This team has had a lot of injuries. A lot. We had how many do we have, how many guys do we have on IR before week six? Seriously, I, I I don't know, but a ton. But how many carries has John Kelly and Justin Davis had in the regular season this year? Well, yeah. none because Malcolm Brown had them. Justin Davis had a couple, well, and that's today. it. Well, not today, not just today. He had a couple more before that, but that's it. So you know they can call it thin because these guys really aren't that experienced NFL players. I mean, I can understand why they say they're not real deep there. Now, we think they're talented guys and that they could do well there, but I can understand why they would say we're thin there because they haven't proven themselves yet in the NFL. But we also know this team. To me, it just talks about bad homework. But I guess I was irritated just because the, the, the team lost and the team played so badly. But the one thing that kind of amused me was Al Michaels on, that, on the offensive touchdown, the offensive lineman scoring the touchdown. We've been watching this for 30, 40 years, offensive linemen coming in, claiming, you know, taking eligibility for the, the, uh, the play, and then getting a touchdown in the red zone. We've seen this for years. Why all of a sudden is this big dynamic thing that an offensive lineman scores a touchdown? Hey, when the big uglies can score a touchdown, they're pretty happy about it. So I'm not, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the announce team, acting like this is some great dynamic thing, as if it's never happened before. I don't well, buy that. I, I, I think he was kind of uh, highlighting the fact that they had what we would call a heavy offensive backfield. They had, what, three D-line offensive linemen in the backfield, two to block and one to run, plus you had a lineman lined up at tight end. So the the mindset would be, oh, they're definitely going to just run it down our throats. And so to sneak that guy out, you know, but again, that goes back to norm. That that was basically a blown assignment because you also have to be thinking as a defensive player, like, okay, something's up. And so that's one of the best known defensive uh, offensive plays is the tight end delay and getting to your point, Derek. Yeah. To me, we have, I think two, two really good tight ends, but it's like, are they even in a passing game? <laughs> well, they have been more of late since Coop went down. That's And I would say if you've watched this team enough, you know what those guys can do. I think my complaint would be that Sean McVay does not get those guys involved enough. I think exactly. you're I think you're just looking for something to complain about other than the Rams and how bad well, they played I, tonight. I, I, no, I, admit, <laughs> I admit that because – of the way this went down, I'm noticing more things. But what bothered me really, okay, for this one, the first time I saw an offensive lineman score on a touchdown pass was, I believe it was 1988 in a Browns oh, game. I don't, I don't think, I think, I don't think I, he was, was saying that. I don't think he's saying that's new. I think I agree with Mike. He was saying that there were, there weren't any receivers on the field whatsoever. They all had 60s, 70s, and and 50s numbers. I think that's what he was making a big well, deal sure, about. But my point is they've been doing that for years. This is not new football. Teams have been doing this garbage for years. I haven't seen it at all this but, year, so I can see why you, you got to admit, that was a good catch, though, too. 
That was, yeah, sure it was, kind it was. Of I'm, I'm not complaining about the play. I'm just I'm annoyed that I'm honestly I'm just not a, I'm just not a Collinsworth and Al Michaels fan anymore. That's all. I wanted to vent. I would I would take it off my chest. I would take them over Joe Buck any day. Yeah, this, there there are well you know who I who I actually like I like Tom Brenneman a lot and I wish he'd be on more. I like Tony Romo. I like Troy Aikman. Uh, I don't mind Al Michaels. Collinsworth actually can be pretty good when he wants to be. But uh, yeah, Joe Buck. Yeah, I'd rather watch paint dry than listen to P- Joe Buck talk. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, you know, and if Joe's and if Joe's listening to our podcast, you know, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> well, you really feel, Nora? Well, hey, we, if we can just take our minds off the Rams' loss today for a second and, and just slam something else, I guess we can do it. But folks, that's about it. We have. Uh, there's. I'm sure there's going to be more things we talk about. Normal as he always does breaks down film, and if he makes the pregame podcast this week, we'll talk about some. But um, hey, sponsors, if you're interested in, in advertising with us, you can reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at six five seven six 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 five four five three. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. It's been updated with all of our cool numbers, and we got good numbers. I promise. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. We also have a group called the Rams Talk Room. You can find me, Derek C. Paul, on Twitter at DC Paul Norm at Norm Hightower. And can't forget about Michael Stewart here at One Duke 23 Have you been active there of late? Yeah, man, not as much. You know, I've been busy with, uh, you know, detailing. So, yeah, I got to get a little more active than normal. Def- especially as we get towards the playoffs. Don't forget that. So one do twenty three yeah. for for Mike. Don't forget us also on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all those places. You know we're there. So for Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Paul. Take it easy. Rams lose fifteen six. We'll do more from post mortem later on this week. Take it easy. Adios, Michael. Bye. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. I hate Tom's Tulip Shop. It just smells so flowery. Like we're good at your flower shop. You don't need to remind us. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. I needed a fake plant. They don't sell fake plants. Thanks for nothing, Tom. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Then he says, have a great day. Uh, I'll decide what kind of day to have. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.